On this episode of Before You Rejected, we find out that Funaki might be one of the most patriotic WWE superstars of all time. shitty week i don't know what it is but i can't catch a fucking break when it rains it pours well fun fact about that actually uh so florida is now in that beautiful time of year so at three o'clock usually we start to have a category five hurricane until about 5 30 and depending on the day it might last till about eight nine o'clock today is one of those days because it's still kind of raining uh but yeah so we're in that beautiful time of the year in florida where you can't do any yard work if you work until 3 4 p.m I uh, made the mistake of leaving my windows down uh, during the last one a couple days ago, and now my car smells like feet. I mean, also, I'm pretty sure Ashley did that like two weeks ago, and I brought you guys my shop vacuum. By the way, what? who sprays out a car with water? That's yeah. the opposite of helping. So here's the funny thing. This is why I gave you my shop vacuum. She said that it was a cat that pissed in her car, okay, and I tried yeah, to explain it. to her. It's not, it's not what happened. You left the windows down, and there's rotted water on your seats. <laughs> That's what happened is it's smelly, mildew water in your seats because you left the windows down. And she's like, no, I don't think so. I think a cat got in there and peed. And I'm just like, do you realize how stupid you sound? Let me point out something. How would the cat have gotten in the car? Her, one of the kids left the door open in the back end. Or somebody got into our car overnight. Okay. So I, Someone's I, breaking in just when like cats piss out, in your car? Yeah, when I pulled out to go to work in my van, I looked over and the back door was open. <laughs> the left back door. Which is, it's possible that the kids just didn't close it. I was going to say, I mean? was anything missing in the car? No, but I do have this routine thing happen where like doors will be open. Nothing's ever missing. This doesn't happen to me a lot, though. Like, there'll be just doors open or lights on. I've noticed that, though. Like, I've pulled into the neighborhood before, and, like, I've just seen your car doing some weird shit. And I'm like, I wonder if they, like, no, just got groceries. I don't believe that it was the kids. I think people just get my fucking shit at night. But are they taking anything? Maybe change? I don't fucking know. You think I don't they're really, just fucking with your life? I don't pay attention that much to realize if they've taken anything, but they're not taking stuff out of the glove box or like things that you would notice. You know what I mean? My car is also a pile of trash. So maybe they keep on breaking into it and realizing that there's not fucking worth it. And it smells bad, and every time they get in, the door opens, and all this trash just falls out on them like an open, old closet door. Well, then maybe Ashley shouldn't try to fix that smell. If anything, it's a natural like anti-theft mechanism. Yeah, well, I don't think that she cares. I think she just wanted to call me and tell me that something crazy happened. I think she tries to one-up herself every day. Like, let's just see if I can do something crazier than I did yesterday. And just try to see what kind of reaction yeah, she gets. Yeah, it's a fun game for her to see like the level of... Uh, remember on Tony Hawk Underground, there's that freak out button where you just mash triangles. Okay, bunch. she's like just she's, trying to get to the She's different trying levels. to get me to do the, the top level of freak out where I smash the skateboard over my head. About how often do you smash that skateboard? Um, I used to get smashing skateboards a lot more, but now I'm very relaxed. 
I'm right. like a Zen master, uh, some Phil Jackson energy. You know what I mean? You don't know who Phil Jackson is, do you? I do know who Phil Jackson okay. is. Thank All you very right. much. I said it, and then I was like, wait a minute. Who's Phil Jackson? Don't even try my <laughs> like this, Taylor. <laughs> don't. But let's keep it moving. So, right. also, I have to total my car today. So, you just have a smelly car. I have a working car that shouldn't be working, if that makes sense. So, what's sense. wrong with it? Uh, what isn't wrong with All it? All right, fair enough. So, when I bought it, I like... Where I bought it, and maybe I was just really naive and just desperately needed a car, and this fit all the bill. But when me and my brother went and looked at it, like we noticed that there was a little bit of rust on the bottom, but it didn't look anything crazy. But weirdly enough, I'm not a mechanic, so I really shouldn't be gauging those things, I guess. Learned that I, or today. So we were like, oh, man, we can kind of just like you know power wash it, get it all recovered and everything. It'll be fine. Problem. It was really like to the point where the, all the internals, for the most part, are rusted out, and it was like a ticking time bomb. So the mechanic what he said, "Can't you can't drive this?" He said, "You can try to fix this, but considering your money situation, because I mean I've been dealing with this mechanic for a while. Like I'm not broke or like poor or anything, but I'm kind of in one of those situations right now. We still are recovering from last year, like most people in this world, where bills are paid, got food in the fridge, all of our." basic needs are taken care of but we don't have like a bunch of expendable money by any means middle so. class exactly to a t baby and so he was like hey, here's the deal man like as is you're looking for over a thousand just for the part what did he say would happen if you continued to drive it that's always my question because i love to test my luck well if you would let me finish the story i guess i'm just always looking towards the end when i watch a movie i skip to the end of the movie first go ahead okay so yeah as I was saying, he was like, here's the deal. You're looking for uh, like over $1,000 in parts, and that's not even labor. I can do the original job I was going to do for you for free. He's still looking at that number. If I do it, though, that I don't guarantee you six months in this. It's going to be a situation down the road after looking through it. You're going to be having fixes like this. You're going to have all the big, expensive, like, hey, I should total out a car fixes going forward because of how this car was treated basically before i got it it's a car from up north and i didn't the fucking mechanic or not mechanic uh, car salesman told me hey it's from florida okay i once again shitty situation was just excited to get a car because we needed a second one desperately um i know i'm a big dumb fucking idiot that's not true. People make mistakes. Everybody's bought a clunker or two in their life. I mean, I'm a few years older than you, but I'm sure as fuck have bought my fair share of clumpers. So I had one, uh, I got it, and then a month in, the transmission went out. Well, and at least I got like a year and a half out of this. But and you didn't same... spend, but what, 800 on that motherfucker or something? Let's not talk about what it's Mine was fucking like 3000 and it broke down within a month. And I was like, oh, fuck. So there's $3,000 I just threw at the toilet. You know what and I mean? See, here's the worst part is now in my situation, I'm in a place where I... I Really, very much need a car now. Obviously, um, I I will say I am good for right now. I have transportation to and from, and I mean we do have a very reliable new car. But I'm uh, a very nice person, and I let my wife drive that, so I get to deal with all these problem children of cars. And uh, yeah, I'm just now in this place where I have to find a new car, and so it sucks as hell. Facebook Marketplace, baby. Facebook Marketplace. So, Vicious Cycle, that's where I started, and I guess now I'm back, baby. (laughs) Let's talk about this fucking pay-per-view, though. It is 4th of July on Sunday, and we decided what better than to talk about the Great American Bash, baby. And we get 
Great American Bash, kind of, uh, on NXT next week. So we decided to go with the first WWE rendition of it, and that was 2004. I got to say, before we even get into this, Paul Heyman's fingerprints are all over this fucking pay-per-view, and this is why SmackDown was so successful in that time period. Because this card, like, there's reasons why we instantly were drawn to it, but the more you got into it, you're like, even the matches I didn't want to watch were good. For me, it was a gift and a curse, though, because you get a lot of really, really well put it put through storylines that seem to really work and well put people that have really great chemistry together. But then you also get things you're like, why is this on this pay-per-view? Well, and I think, I think that was that clash of Paul Heyman, his uh, style, and the fact that he was not perfect by any means as a booker combined with Vince McMahon going, all right, pal. This is how we're going to make this shit great. <laughs> right away, dude. There is so many uh, American flag bikinis in this. I feel like I was at a Kid Rock concert. I mean, wasn't Kid Rock there? <laughs> he should have been if he it wasn't. Felt like he if he's was. not at the Great American Bash, it's not a Great American Bash, I guess. And this was indeed a Great American Bash. And it kicked off with one of the strongest pay-per-view uh, like start or first matches we've seen in a little bit on the podcast. Is it just me? Because I really enjoyed this, but was, I am a sucker for Dr. Thugonomic Cena. There was not a lot of horse shit in this Fatal 4-Way. Like, usually you get a lot of laying around. There wasn't a lot of laying around in the ring in this 4-Way. I can, I can explain that. So, before we go into this little, uh, my whole TED Talk, let me set the stage. It's a elimination Fatal 4-Way between John Cena, Booker T, Rene Dupree, if you fucking remember him, Hate him and Rob Van Dam. Whoa, you don't like the French tickler? I hated Rene Dupree, and watching this reminded me of my hate for him. I don't know why. He worked harder than anybody else in this match. Do you realize he fought everyone? Nobody else in the match fought every single person one on one. When you have a bad gimmick, sometimes you have to do or overcompensate. Man, disrespectful. Man, French people, I love you. I love. Whoa, Rene whoa, Dupree. whoa, whoa. Let's let's uh, wind this back. I didn't say anything about the French people. <laughs> he is the he is the ambassador of France. I'm just saying. His gimmick was, hey, this is a French guy. I know, but that's the point. He's the ambassador for all French people. Just like uh, that guy that isn't from Russia is the ambassador of the old. So what's his name, Kozlov? <laughs> so you're just telling me uh, uh, nationality can be a gimmick now? That's what it With was. no effort? Well, just for the WWE. They're like, okay, you're going to be the French guy. You're going to be the Russian guy. Can we get like just the straight up... Uh, fucking Australian dude. There probably is, bro. I'm sure that there's a guy that goes, "I mighty," in there somewhere. I guarantee you, there's an Australian wrestler. I'll find him tonight. Well, there's plenty of Australian. But that's wrestlers. one that's just like, "I'm from Aussie land." I mean, right off the top of my head, I can think of three. They're all divas, but you have uh, the Iconics and Indy Hartwell and Drew. And is he? I don't know. I made that up. I always tell tell you he's things he's not. I don't know. Drew McIntyre? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Okay, he's definitely Australian. He should be. So this is why this match worked for me. Usually I'm the first person to be like, hey, hate Triple Threat. Hey, hate Fatal 4-Ways. This was an elimination Fatal 4-Ways. So how that works is if you pin someone, they're fucking out of the match. So you don't have to focus as much on the tropes of all right, well, you go lay on the side of the ring so we can get our shit in. Then I'll go lay on the side of the ring so you guys can get your shit in, and we'll all take turns. Like, no, it was, hey, you're fucking out of here. Three of you got to fight. And then it kind of had that, like, tenseness in the ring where people were, like, they weren't as quick to jump, but at the same time, like like you said, Renee Dupree was a workhorse in it, fighting everyone, and it kept the pace going, whereas, like I said, you have the tropes in it. And you think the other pe- three people you think of stars? 
You know what I mean? They all have had their individual runs. Okay, exactly. And like, you know what I mean? He is a bad gimmick character with quotes around it because he is somebody that everybody sees and they're like, oh, okay, jobber. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, he is a workhorse, but the rest of those guys really didn't do a whole bunch aside get their shots in. You know well, what I mean? And that was so crazy is because you, you pinpoint this and you're like, okay, Rene Dupree is going to be the first one out. And he's not. It's Rob Van Dam. Mm-hmm. And on a roll-up. I know. Well, that that was kind of something they used and abused in this pay-per-view. Yeah. But, I mean, that is the most devastating finisher move of all time. The, like, you know, blindside yeah. roll-up. So, And then we Rene Dupree does get eliminated second. It, he does not last to the final two. Can I can I admit to something? Hit me. Of all the years, not years, of all the times we've watched John Cena in the last two years, I have never noticed that the FU is a direct shot at Brock Lesnar, the F5. The entire time, I've never even thought about it being like that. And today, I, or the other day when I was watching this, I was like, oh, shit. F-U? No, okay. I get it now. Well, did you appreciate his entire gimmick from that? So do you know what he was doing, right? He would... Uh because he was wearing jerseys and stuff, he would specifically get a jersey of the sports team in that city. He couldn't find any other jerseys except Virginia Tech. <laughs> he, they were, that's where they were. There's no other Virginia sports teams. There's no real ones, only college. But, I mean, <laughs> he, he picked a good fucking I want to see him go to, like, somewhere that's just got, like, a dog shit college team, and that's it. Like, go to, like, No North, pun intended. Like, he would go to, like, North Dakota and wear, like, a Carson Wentz jersey from, from college. <laughs> So, and what I'm thinking, obviously I'm not making light of everything that's still fucked up to this day, but Michael Vick, like, at the time, that was a great jersey to pick, you know what I mean? And everyone was fucking vibing him. And he was really good in this gimmick. You know, people like to make fun of John Cena for rapping, but if you look at the time and some of the, I would think they're freestyles, who knows? No, they're not. They're written. Are they? As a rapper. A former rapper. I would like to go out of my way and say that they're written, all of them. Even that bit with the fan, where the fan rapped him and he rapped back. Can you verify this? Yes. How? Because I can tell by his case. Oh, no, 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 no. So you don't have any... No, it's no concrete proof, but understand that if you're... What do you do? You make sandwiches? If you see someone else making a sandwich and they suck at it, you can tell that they're making a sandwich. Bad. You know what I mean? Like, when I see him, I know the cadences, and I know what's a freestyle and what's not a freestyle. Because I was a freestyle rapper. I didn't write. So I can tell you the difference between writing and freestyling, and it's he's he's not, he's not freestyling. Well, you know how that whole gimmick came to light, right? Written? No. All right, we can play. No, no. I want to meet John Cena so we can have this real life conversation because I can guarantee you that he did not just go out there and freestyle all those joke bars that were literally punchline jokes. You're telling me he thought those up in the head. He must be no, Jay Z. He, he felt it. Or he, he must be Jay Z. He thought it up in his ball sack, or there's, maybe his knuckles. There's no way he's that funny or that clever. No way. And if he is, he damn sure shouldn't be a wrestler. Well, why do you think John Cena stayed constantly over? Because he was one of the few people that didn't get handed scripts. I mean, I don't think that somebody else wrote his raps for him. Let me be clear. He's writing them, but he's not going out there with a fresh head with nothing in it and thinking. Oh, let me see here. We got Edge. Let me make up a couple rhymes for Edge. Edge and Hedge and Edge and Sed by the side of the bed. And no, that, that motherfucker didn't do that. There's no fucking way. All right. So first and foremost, let's get him to like or follow us on Twitter. 
then we'll reach out to him and be like, hey, John, we can forgive you about everything going on lately. We know you're having a rough time. <laughs> Actually, you know, I every- don't know any. I don't understand still what's going on. Well, here's the funniest part about that. If you know what I'm talking about, because it happened like two and a half weeks ago. Um, clearly you don't. So I know what you're talking about, but I still don't understand. It was the same thing with the LeBron thing. I don't, I'm stupid. Apparently. Well, here's the I funniest, don't get it. The, it. Like the whole world was mad at him for like 48 hours. And then he was like, I'm returning to WWE. And everyone was like, yeah, John Cena. <laughs> so I, I don't know what kind of full PR team he has, but he fucking, he's back in everyone's good graces. I wonder if he's going to get a little bit of boo action when he does return. Not a lot, but, like, I wonder if there will be people that still sit around and boo him. Well, because this match is pretty summed up, Booker T eats the last finish with an FU. He should have. Uh, John Cena is trying to get some boos. Uh, Charlie Haas's boo, in particular, because he comes up, literally flames Charlie Haas, and suggests that that lady should sleep with him right in front of Charlie Haas. Charlie Haas no-sells it, doesn't even acknowledge it and act like John Cena was there. You know who doesn't like that, though? Who? My man Kurt, who's the now the GM. Oh yeah, he was like, brother, you're you're a, a dumb bitch. Like literally, he's about to go fuck your girl, and you're just sitting there acting like everything's okay. Like I'm putting you in a match with my my boy, and then we didn't watch that match. His new well, we his new protege. So we don't need to talk about this match because everyone knows that it sucked. But <laughs> even if you never heard of this, maybe do you enjoy you know. Luther Reigns? No. Okay, then that's all that we need to say. I don't. I think we're in agreement here that Luther Reigns is the epitome of bad. It's not Charlie Haas's fault, and we're going to go ahead and put all the blame on Luther Reigns. Nice mic hit. And I slapped the mic because Luther Reigns is so bad at wrestling. Let's talk about a good match, though. A match you probably didn't expect to be as good as it was. You should have expected it to be good. These two I are, did, but these did two are you? Cold. Oh, yeah. Because literally the other night we were talking about Chavo Guerrero, and you were like, eh. No, here's the thing. I said, eh, because we were putting it in a comparison to Eddie. And later on, Eddie brings the fucking house down. He does, but they started it off. This was the best. He is not Eddie. He will never be Eddie, and I'm never going to put him next to Eddie. Let me be perfectly clear in perfect English. There's no way in hell I will ever put Chavo near Eddie. Ever. Okay. I like Chavo a lot, too. This sounds like I hate Chavo or something. Now he's not going to listen to the podcast. I do not dislike Chavo. I really like Eddie. I can can get behind that, you know, because like we said... We both very much like Eddie, and we'll save that for the second half. So you gotta stay tuned, motherfuckers. This was cold, though, bro. It really was. I didn't. He's such a good. Chavo is so good at that ground style. Like I know that people think of him as like a cruiserweight, but in this, he didn't really pull the cruiserweight banter that much. So this was the thing about that cruiserweight style of wrestling. This is why I, it's hard for me to watch cruiserweight wrestling today because. Now it's all about spots and, you know, high-flying, and they're trying to show that they can do stuff that big guys can't. Back then, you had those high-flying spots when they were necessary. For the most part, though, you had people that were a lot more limber, did a little bit more, uh, like, freestyle things, but could also handle themselves as traditional wrestlers. This was, the the I think, the match with the most chemistry between two wrestlers, too. Like, there was, like, a segment where they were running ropes, Ray was, and yeah. Chavo was just, like, dodging and doing, like, uh, overflips and, like, you well, know they've been, I mean? they've arm been drags. they working like, together for years. Yeah, exactly. So. But you could tell that they'd been working together for years because the chemistry was just there. Like, they're so good together in every aspect of this match. Like, if, if you ever just want to see a technical wrestling match, this is the match on the pay-per-view because this shit technically was beautiful. 
It was a fucking work of art. Ooh, fireworks. Thanks, assholes. I'm going to have to go kick whoever's ass is knocking those off on July 1st. What a, a total prick. I honestly, like, I'd never seen that gory bomb either that Chavo did. Oh, it was that so shit's cute. nasty. It was so good. Yeah, absolutely destructive, though. Like, I had never really seen anything like it. When I did, I was like, man, that's nasty. I don't want to take one of those. Like, there's few finisher moves or finish like big-time moves that people use, and I'm like, well, don't let me take that, motherfucker. That's one of them. I'm not taking that. And he, how he delivered it, that says it all. Lights man. out. And Ray sold the fuck out of it. Oh, yeah, he did. But it wasn't, uh, he tried to do it again, and that's where his uh, undoing came to him. He got a 619 right after that, didn't he? He fell on the ropes or something off of that? No, uh, Ray got a little bad boy going on. What was it? I'm trying to remember. But it was like, it was really, oh, it was like a reverse powerbomb. So, like, he, or Chavo tried to go for that gory bomb again, and instead Ray, like, came through with a little bad boy and rolled him up and got the three count to retain. So, so going in, Ray was the champion, and... I mean, I was really proud of him because what is it? Let me, I have a timestamp for them. This was a long fucking match. It was 20 minutes. This is the second longest match on the pay-per-view, and it should have been because it was the second best. This is one thing they did well is the timing of these matches. They gave the best matches the longest time. And so this is kind of what I was saying, too, with the fingerprints of Paul Heyman on this card because if anyone appreciates, especially, uh, especially those wrestlers, it's going to be Paul Heyman. And so... Imagine today. Do you think cruiserweights like or does Rey Mysterio get twenty minutes on a fucking card no, anymore? No, he doesn't. Maybe on NXT they might give Santos that uh, or Kushida. Okay, when we're talking about Raw and SmackDown, we can never include NXT into that conversation. That sucks. We should be able to. Are they booked the same? No, they're not. But I was thinking of a perfect cruiserweight match that they had a couple weeks ago between uh, Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Kushida. Oh, it was a great it's match. It's a banger. But it's. NXT is handled significantly differently than uh, Raw and SmackDown. And I think that's why they're bringing, you know, Karrion Cross and Bronson Reed uh, to do those dark quotations, dark match tryouts, because they want to make sure they can work more so in the style of sports entertainment by Raw or SmackDown. I hope that they can. If not, that makes sense. Not fuck Bronson Reed up for me. Oh, he's already going. Uh, I that, know that he's going. The whole but world was like making jokes when uh, he lost the other night, and uh, there was like this picture of him where he looks absolutely devastated because he lost the title. But they're like, "Oh shit, am I going to Raw or SmackDown?" If he goes to SmackDown, though, oh man, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, I can already think of like four or five people they could put him up against. Raw's on the come up though, bro. Too. So we could. It could be good. He could be a face of Raw because they need more face. They People do. that really wrestle over there that aren't just play play around gimmick characters. Like the entirety of Raw right now is like a bunch of characters that you're like, uh, the Miz, John Morrison. It's like everybody they don't give just two people. No, there's a bunch more. I'm just you know what I mean. Like it's like Apollo Cruz. He's on SmackDown, isn't he? Yeah. I, you wait, wait, wait. No. Uh, yeah, he is. He's on SmackDown. I, I got him mixed up with someone. Every else. time I try to list people, my brain starts going into this overdrive mode where I can't get them out because I'm in front of a microphone and I don't know how to talk. But you know what I mean. Like every character over there is like the Archer of Infamy. It's just like everybody's like lame. You know what I mean? It's just like a bunch of lame characters. Randy Orton. It's like every week's the same. You never get anything whoa, whoa, whoa. out of this. Did you just throw shade on Damian Priest? I did. I don't fuck with him. Since he's been on the main roster, all they've done is give him the same fucking match over and over again. They don't let the guy grow. It's not his fault. I know. Well, he just came back and he had that impressive showing in the uh, Battle Royal. Impressive showing? Is I mean, that what we're calling that? 
I mean, out of everything else in that, because you took a bunch of people. He just got up. off a three month bender with the Miz. He's been off of TV for like a month. After the Miz shit, he should have been off TV for a month. And he was, and now he's coming back, and they're building him up. And they, and as much as I don't like fucking Matt Riddle, or in heavy quotations, don't like Matt Riddle. Him and Matt Riddle were one of the highlights of Raw for me, and that's saying a lot because Raw's not really great, and. Raw was actually great this week. Not oh, the whoa, last whoa, whoa. two weeks. It's been good. It's not. Yeah, but I said great, and that's that's going a little. Well, far. last week I would say it's better than it's been in the last year. But once again, we talked about this. I think on Wednesday, when you have such a low bar, it's easy to put out a really good show, and then it seemed great. But if here's my thing, I will say it was great. I'll eat my words on this. In four or five weeks, if we get this for another four or five weeks, I'll. I'll keep my eyes a little bit closer and I'll be like, okay, I'm here for it. Because at the end of the day, as negative as I am about WWE, the reason why I'm still fucking here, I'm not one of those people that likes to, uh, you know, self loathe and like, uh, just make myself watch something just, be, just so I can hate it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the, the, I'm sorry. I was trying to find the right way to put that into words, but, uh, I watch it because I've liked it my entire life and I have hope because I've gone through the ups and downs of it and I'm hopeful that there'll be more ups. Well, if Damian Priest gets his push and he does turn his uh, last six months around and he does do some shit on the main roster that I enjoy, then I'd be the first one to say I'm sorry. But as of now, I'll go ahead and be the asshole. I'm cool. All right. Well, I, I respect that. So um, we got the Rey Mysterio Chavo match out of the way. We've got that out of the way. We have one more thing we want to talk about before break, though. So let's go ahead and get briefly into this Billy Gunn match. I think we have two. Aren't we talking about Sable and Tori before the break, too? No, that is going to be after the break. Okay, my bad. I was looking at the shit all wrong. Look at me just fucking up our lives one step at a time. I'm so used to it. I don't really want to talk about this Billy Gunn match at all because I don't think they, they have the worst chemistry I've ever seen between two wrestlers. It was like, so there's, clunky. There's no reason for these two guys to be together in a ring. Like, I think that they just went in the back room and spun around and pointed at two guys and they were like, you're wrestling tonight. The one thing I do want to talk about is Billy Gunn is the greatest intro music ever. <laughs> ever. Like, bar none. Maybe the best lyric writing I've ever heard in my life. I don't think you could go find a band better than ever. This song. Let me just say, every day when I get up, I put on this song. Read the lyrics for me, Will. You know, I think I can do that. I think I might be a little more prepared than I should be for this. So let me hit you with it, Taylor. I'm an ass man. Yeah. I'm an ass man. Yeah. I love to love them. I love to kick them. I love to shove them. I love to stick them. Love to flaunt him. I love to watch him. I love to pick him. He loves to pick him. And I'm gonna kick him. Cause I'm an ass man. Yeah. I'm an ass man. Wait, time out. Yes. I'm an ass man. Oh! I'm an ass man. So many asses. So little time. Only a tight one can stop me on the dime. I'm a lover of every kind. The best surprises. Always sneak up from behind. That sounds weird. <laughs> I'm an ass man. Yeah. I'm an ass man. Shh. Yes. I'm an ass man. Oh. I'm an ass man. Buns of glory. Buns of steel. Your lies won't give away the truth of how I feel. You walk behind me. I feel the heat. That's when the girls 
don't walk behind me down the street. Because you're an ass man, right? I'm an ass man. Yeah. I'm an ass man. Yes. I'm an ass man. I love to love them. I love to kick them. I love to shove them. I love to stick them. Love to flaunt them. I love to watch them. I love to pick them. And I'm gonna kick them. I'm an ass man. Yeah. I'm an ass man. Yes. I'm an ass man. I have an orgasm. (laughs) So those are lyrics. So here's the thing I want to know. Do you love to love them, kick them, shove them, stick them, flaunt them, watch them, pick them, or kick them better? I think pick them is the one that really (laughs) stands out. uh, Billy Guns is in there picking asses with his fingers. So, like... Let's break this down. Is he picking like you know picking his ass? He's yeah. got something stuck up there. He's picking his ass. Or is he like just picking the asses he <laughs> likes to look at? That he's ass like, and that ass and that ass. Not that ass, but that ass. Because I gotta say, and I might be alone on this island. This is a really fucking creepy song. Also, is he flaunting? How is he flaunting asses? Is he just like? Does he have like a well, bunch of statues? <laughs> uh, does he have a bunch of busts of asses? Does he bust the asses, I man? wonder when he walks in his house, he's like, and there's the hall of ass. And it's just like a bunch of statues of different asses that he's wrestled. And he has like, <laughs> he has like a little like, uh, what is it? You know, Walkman boy. And it's like a tour guide through the hall of asses. So it's like, this ass is the most presidential ass. Now I'm making it into like a Batman thing where all of his things have to do with asses. He's ass man. So he goes outside and there's a big light up in the sky. And it's, we need you ass man, the ass beam. Come on, ass man. <laughs> This is weird. There's so much about this pay-per-view that I just don't fucking understand. And now you understand why I was never a big ass man fan. This okay, so this match wasn't great. The theme song was great, but this match wasn't great. Is the theme song great though? I think it is. I think if you wake up in the morning you're like, I'm an ass man. Don't bum bum bum. I love to stick down. What I want you to do is I want you to go up to Ashley. And I just want you to recite the lyrics with no music. I do be saying I'm an ass man. Give her a good slap on the tush. I gotta take a break. (laughs) Hey guys, we're back from break. And uh, as usual, it's my turn to take the microphone and I make Will leave the room. I tell him to get out and I tell you guys about a movie I watched this week. I'm not even here. You just broke the third wall, you asshole. I'm not. I'm zooming in from my bedroom. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. So this week, I watched 1993's Mr. Nanny, starring Terry Balea. <laughs> just coming right out with it. I love it. <laughs> so uh, this movie got a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. A six. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Some a big s- numbers. A 6%. And I think that uh, people are pieces of shit. Because it definitely did not deserve a 6%. Did not see that. that I will give this at least a 30%. Bar none. Now, pretty bad movie. (laughs) I'm not going to defend this movie. If you like shitty 80s movies, like if you like Over the Top from Sylvester Stallone or even like Problem Child. Or anything Sylvester Stallone did. Okay, so there was a slew of movies around this era when Home Alone came out. You've got Home Alone, Problem Child, Pippi Longstockings. Movies where kids... Look who's talking. Movies where kids fuck the adults up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, those babies fucked them up. Yeah, for sure. Wasn't that baby Bruce Willis? It was. It was, definitely. He beat everybody up and then shaved his head after. Um, The original boss, baby. Here's the thing. So, 
This is another one of those movies. So if you enjoy seeing Hulk Hogan get electrocuted, tripping on bowling balls, skateboards, tripping over ropes, and falling into a pool full with red coloring, what they called the blood pool, uh, there's all kinds of shit of kids torturing Hulk Hogan. Kids, blood pool, Terry Bolillo. This doesn't sound like a family-friendly movie. Uh, it is, though. It is. And that's where I'll get you. So the movie starts out, Terry Bollea, a.k.a. Hulky, is a uh, wrestler. He's a, a... Wait, does, is his name Hulky in the movie? It is. It's actually... I think it's like something stupid like Dave or Steve or Paul or something. I can't so I'm going to research the name while I'm oh, in Oh, his name's Sean. I got it right here. It's Sean Armstrong. So Sean what Armstrong the... is a former wrestler who, at the beginning of the movie, you get a cameo from uh, Kamala. Uh uh, Brutus the Beefcake Barber and uh, somebody else. Who the fuck else? There's one other person I can't remember, but it's it's Mr. notable T. cameos, and you're like, oh, those are actual wrestlers. That's fucking weird. So the beginning has a scene with three wrestlers and Hulk Hogan. So Hulk Hogan gets hurt. Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan gets hurt and can't wrestle anymore. So he's trying to find a job, and he keeps getting screwed over, and he can't become a wrestler because nobody wants to hire him. Mm. So essentially, he takes a job from his friend and I guess his person that books everything for him, which is Sherman Hensley. Do you know who that is? Uh, the name sounds extremely familiar. He's the guy from the Jeffersons. Okay. So, fucking hilarious. If anybody steals the show at Sherman Hensley every time, I would give him five stars. That's why this movie isn't bad, because of him and a lady named Mother Love. That's her real name in real life. I looked it up. I tried to find her actual name. Her name is Mother Love. She is the, like, the housekeeper, I guess, of the house. So, and he's the nanny. So, the thing is, like, he takes this job to be a bodyguard. For a guy who makes a chip, and a microchip. And there's this mobster after this guy's microchip, which is worth millions of dollars because it can stop any warhead, essentially. So he's guarding this guy that he doesn't realize has like a million dollar chip on him that he's protecting. So these kids are fucking him up because the dad is always busy inventing shit and can't ever be around his kids. So these kids just rant, run off nannies left and right. There's a list about 10 miles long of nannies that they run off. But they don't know that Hulk Hogan can take a lot of punishment. A whole lot of punishment. And he does. So anyway, pretty okay movie, I think, for the most part. If you like to see a bunch of goofy fall-down uh, antics, you know, you'll probably like it. If you're looking for a serious movie, don't watch it. <laughs> I feel like this movie is, like, buried in the depths of my brain somewhere. Because as you're explaining it to me, I'm, like, remembering this movie. But I could not give you a full synopsis like you are doing right now. By the way, it got the other wrestler. It was Jim the Anvil. Ah, uh, that's right. Need The Anvil. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, it was cool. Um, I don't think it was great by any means. But, I mean, it did. you did get a couple cameos from people that are universally loved. And I do love Sherman Hensley. So... For the most part, I would say a thumb up if you like this kind of stuff. If you like Problem Child and you like kids torturing adults, this is a good movie. And if you like Bruce Willis. Also, the bad guy has a metal head. The top of his head is metal because Hulk Hogan pushed him out a window. For some reason, they were he was trying to get Hulk Hogan to lose a match. And Hulk Hogan told him, I'm not losing, which is a typical thing that Hulk Hogan does. Yeah, exactly. And then he shoved him out of a so, window and he fell into an emptied pool. So his head's broken. So when did they make this documentary? Um, it was came out right about the end of Hulk Hogan's for Hulk Hogan, <laughs> <laughs> and Vile and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's first run. Anyway, so it was cool. Like I said, uh, if we're giving it a rating, I'd give it a two out of five. Uh, Forty percent's a good rating for this. It's nothing special. Definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. I would watch it over the Stone Cold movie. Now, would you watch it again? No. Would you recommend it to a friend? No.
unless the friend was like, have you ever seen Pippi Longstockings? And I'd be like, you need to watch this Hulk Hogan movie. <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, I got something for you. I got That's a movie for you. Tea. Oh, also, Hulk Hogan wears a tutu in this. Just notable enough that he ballet dances. And if you want to see Hulk Hogan ballet dance, definitely watch this movie. The Hulk Hogan Tutu of Doom. Yep, Tutu of Doom. That's what they should have called the movie, actually. That's what I'm going to write down right now. So it was cool. Uh, like I said, I would give it a, a, a 40%, uh, 2 out of 5. Not great, not bad, but okay. Um, worth a watch. I don't think I was bored. I haven't watched anything yet where I've really been like, oh, what a fucking trash can this movie is. So, okay. That's pretty good. Once again, still not sure this is a family film with what you told me because you just told me that Terry tried to kill someone in this movie. He didn't Blood try to kill him. Doom. It was an accident, but the the guy ended up being the guy that was trying to steal the chip. So they got to meet again at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. And did he throw him out the window again? Uh, they did. Uh, I guess. They tried to murder this man twice. Is they what you're did. They me. electrocuted him. So, oh, so they killed him. Yeah. He didn't die, but he got really hurt and put in jail. That's okay. what you do to criminals. You put them in jail, right, Hulk Hogan? Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and lock up the criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get through a bunch of promos before we go any further, though, because we, like, skipped Taylor's five favorite promos. I have a bunch of shit to talk about. They did a bunch of interviews inside a jacuzzi, and we'll try to skip it. And I'm going to skip it right now because I want to talk about one promo before we get there. Someone committed a thievery of people. There's a word for that. It's called kidnapping, and I forgot it until just now. Did it happen in the middle of the pay-per-view, or did it happen right now? Somewhere around right now. Okay, go ahead and Paul tell us. Paul Heyman kidnapped Percy Pringle. What in the hell, Paul? You have a show to be running. You have children, and now you're out kidnapping people? He had to, bro. It's for the better of the Dudleys. He's the best manager. Whatever he needs to do for his employees, he'll do it. I'll tell you what, though. If I'm going to kidnap someone, I'm definitely not going to... Uh, broadcast my footage of kidnapping him like my uh ransom video <laughs> on pay-per-view because at the end of the day i think the cops have enough money to buy the pay-per-view to get that incriminating footage on me that's just me but i don't think the cops have enough money now i'm also the kind of person like if you're ever going to kill someone and bury the body in your backyard make sure you put endangered flowers on top of the body that way they can't dig it up you know you know yep yep i know that one loophole so, exactly you got to know how to beat the system and i don't know if paulie does but at the end of the day i don't remember paulie going to jail so clearly you know he's got a couple friends in high places that's just me and i know that for fact because he's friends with rob van dam this so. is setting up one of the greatest odd pay-per-view matches ever like, you know, pay-per-view matches where you're just like, where did you come up with that at? Like, who was like, this is a good idea. And then someone else in that room was like, yeah, this is a good idea. And then they're like, like what should we call it? And they're just like, well, we've got concrete and we've got Undertaker. Why don't we make it a concrete crib match? <laughs> but we're not going to talk about it yet. I'll let you talk about your jacuzzi interviews. So the first one is uh, just Sable by herself in a jacuzzi, which is... Pretty cool. I mean, you know, she's wearing the American flag. I I'm like just glad that. they gave her some time to be leisurely in the yeah. pay-per-view. You know, if I'm getting ready for a big match, I want to chill out and relax, you know, clear my head. And also, that's what she was doing. She's in the right headspace. All she says is, look, you know who I am. You know what I'm going to do tonight. I'm better than her. And that's it. That's all we need. Give me a 15-minute promo where you say, 
look here, motherfucker, I'm the best on this brand. And she might be, because this brand was a big pile of hot dog water. And then she told everyone to piss off, yep. because she has to get ready, because she is trying to win, because she is trying to be the best competitor. Skip later on in the pay-per-view. We're going to do all these promos right now. I'm skipping around a bit, so if you don't like that, eat my shorts. Um, the second one is another Jacuzzi interview, and this time we've got Tori Wilson. And we also find out about Funaki being patriotic. I don't know who the other guys in, are in the pool with him. I really don't. I know Funaki was one of them, but I don't know who the fucking other guys were. We'll just call him Jobber 1 and Jobber 2. I'll let you do that. Um, so I'll Jobber, let it pass. Jobber 1 and Jobber 2 don't do anything. That's why their names are Jobber 1 and Jobber 2. So Tori Wilson says, all right, guys, good hanging out. I love chilling with you guys, but I've got a match to get ready for, and she gets out of the pool. And that makes Funaki realize that he loves America. So he <laughs> says, God bless America. You know, he's just sitting there and he's like, I get to be with all my friends. You know, we're all just trying to better ourselves. Hanging out in the jacuzzi, relaxing our muscles. What a great country this is. You know, and now we get to go celebrate the 4th of July or whatever July day that they're going to celebrate. And I hope you all celebrate it Funaki style. <sighs> Funaki, thank you for really understanding what we're all about. I really love Funaki. Can we give him a little love? Can we just Aren't praise, we not right now? praise be to Funaki? Thank you, Funaki. At least someone had the courtesy, you know, to really understand what this pay-per-view was about. Which, I want to make you a bet. I bet I can go find me a Funaki shirt and wear it before the end of the week. <laughs> do you already have a Funaki shirt? No. How hard do you think it'll be to find a Funaki shirt? Definitely harder than to find a pretty more notable wrestler's shirt. Uh, shit, you don't think he had a fan base? I didn't say that. <laughs> there's not some place. Are just... you saying that Funaki didn't? I'd After... like to know if there's a Facebook page dedicated to Funaki fans. Are you questioning that there is? I'm not questioning. After we but talked I would like so highly of Funaki, now you're tearing him down, and he's not going to listen to the podcast. The Funaki anyway. hive's going to get me. I better be careful. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the Funakis. <laughs> you already have Jimmy <laughs> Wayne Yang's fan base. I know, I'm just going to get everybody you, so. mad at me. Next, we're going to get Mordecai to hate me too. This is going to be great. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about that match. But first, we've got to talk about some great, great ring work between Sori, Sable, and Tori Wilson. Wait, you know what's funny? I just realized something. What? I think we did skip that match. What? The Mordecai match? No, it's after this. It's after Sable and Tori Wilson. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I just don't know where I have it in my notes. Yeah, so uh, this is a match where a couple girls come out and... Show you that they can, uh, I guess, wrestle? Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I don't have a lot to say. I'm a little jealous of how good a shape they're in. It makes me kind of feel fat in a way. Well, they it's because they took the time to make sure they were prepared. You know, As much as they enjoyed hanging out with their friends, they were like, guys, I only have this penciled into my schedule. This isn't my entire day. I also kind of feel like they could have probably talked this problem out a little easier than they could have settled it in the ring. Like, they could have just went backstage and be like, look, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to have two top stars. Like, I don't really need to go out there and fight you for it. I just don't really understand the process of having a match here because it kind of seemed like they didn't really want to be there. And to be honest, I didn't really want to be there either. What I will say is Tori Wilson hit a suplex in this match. Not great. I, I'm going to say... <laughs> I can't agree with that. <coughs> it's okay. You can cough. Don't worry. You're just overwhelmed with this. Because, I know. It's such a good match. And you're giving the wrong take because at the end of the day, I think it was just two friends going out there trying to prove who's the better athlete. And, you know, it's just friendly competition. You know, it's I not, really could support that. But it ended in cheating. So is it friendly competition when one person decides that they're going to play possum and then you're like, oh, they're dead. They're hurt. And then, bam, match over in a roll up. Let me ask you, though. Don't friends hurt each other? 
when they need to the most. I don't hurt you when I need to the most. Uh, let's go ahead and show people us playing Madden because uh, if you've decided to get a lead, <laughs> you're gonna go out of your way to just embarrass me. So what you're saying is I'm Sable and you're a Tory Wilson. I think I'm stable because at the end of the day, I get you to this point where you're so confident, and then I make you not want to play Madden for no, two weeks. No, here's the thing. Because I remember look, that week that you didn't want to play Madden? I would look way better in, in Sable's outfit than you would. Okay. With the hood? That is more your style. I guess that's the sound you make when you put a hood up. So I guess we know who we're going to be for Halloween this year. Yep, it's on. Okay. Sable and Tori Wilson. Now that we're done with that, let's talk about that Heridius. Heridius? Heridius? I like that word. Make it a thing. Go ahead. Heridius. Mordecai and Hardcore Holly match. Do you it's, guys know who Mordecai is? Everybody should know who Mordecai is. And if you don't, he's the white cloak version of The Undertaker. That's what we're calling him. That's actually, I think, was their intentions with him, too. So the thing is, what they didn't do the correct way is when The Undertaker came in, they didn't make him unbeatable. Mordecai's run for this era, they made booked him like Goldberg. Like, he was just running through talent left and right and this was no different he beat the shit out of hardcore holly for seven eight minutes and like to be honest i don't really get it like the match really isn't again there's no chemistry between these two guys mm. i always get hardcore holly mixed up with billy gunn always and they're on the same whoa, pay-per-view whoa whoa whoa, um, whoa throw some fucking respect on my boy sparky I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Like, th- okay, so there was one part of this movie that I movie. Wait, was match- he Sparky? I don't think that was his gimmick. It was something like that, though. God damn it! Now he's gonna look up his gimmick. Why'd you look up John Bradshaw Layfield? That's not Sparky. <laughs> it's not Sparky. <laughs> so here's the thing. So this was not a great match. And to be honest, like if you wanted to watch someone job someone, just go watch Goldberg. It's the same idea, and he's better. Uh, he also kind of looks like Colonel Sanders a little bit, which, to be honest, I could live without uh, Colonel Sanders beating people up. The thing is, he did give a really nope. nice... I was on point. Sparky plug. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> there was a cool crucifix bomb at the end of this. That's a good finisher. I will give Mordecai the justification of a really, really good entrance and a really good finisher. Well, I also love Bobby Lashley's finisher. Well, it's different when you're looking at this guy who's got a fucking cross outside the ring and he holds him up, too. It's a little different. Well, can we also talk about that? Because was that not Drew McIntyre's entrance? It's just, and honestly, uh, Dark Superstar 1 entrance theme music? I don't know if uh, Drew McIntyre could wear a white beard like that. Let's try. Someone Photoshop him for us, please. Oh, I'm in. Please do it. Please do it. I'm so in. Um, But yeah, like I said, dude, it was okay. I just like Kevin Thorne better. And we also knew what matches we had up after this do you know why his uh run ended um i feel like it's in my head i cannot say right now so i do i did some research okay hit me so kevin thorne aka mordecai was on this run where they were booking him unstoppably he got in a bar fight with a rando the rando found out that he was a wrestler and sued the company and they decided to let him go wow yeah so he did come back as Kevin Thorne for the ECW days later, yeah. the return of ECW with uh, Ariel. Yeah, but the, obviously we know that run didn't work out. Yeah, either. I mean, I like that more. And Ariel was fucking phenomenal. I wonder where she's at now. Shelly Martinez is still doing things. Is that a real name? It is. Did you just pull out her real name out of your pocket? I do. You didn't even have to look that up. I'm so impressed. <laughs> wow. Have you seen her lately? Is that no, how you yeah. Okay, where's she at? Uh, on the tweeters. Okay, cool. I'll have to add her later. Does she still look like that? 
Uh, no. She's not doing the vampire uh, shit. Anymore? Well, she was also uh, she wrestled in Impact, dude. Uh, she was the uh, my vag. That was her. The my vag. Oh, really? That, yeah. Holy that's her. shit! Holy shit! Did not know that. Okay, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, See, I'm starting to like learn things and stuff. I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of that. Yeah, Colonel Sanders didn't really do it for me. Um, <laughs> it was okay, but like I said, he finished it with the crucifix bomb, and it was all right. I was just, I've seen so much better from Hardcore Holly, and this guy again just doesn't do it for me. So that's the justification for me going ahead and just moving on because this was not for me. I can get that. So here's the dilemma we face now. We have two more matches. The match we're going to talk about next should be the main event without question because it was by far the much better match and the much better storyline, and it was focused around gold, unlike the main event. However, I understand why the main event took place the way it did. Well, the surprise finish makes you think that it has to be taking place last because that's how you finish a pay-per-view. You leave everyone in surprise. And see, like exactly, when you get it as a complete uh, pay-per-view, you know, you understand all of the moves made, which sometimes you don't. So there have been times, especially recently, where we get a main event, and you're like, why is this the fucking main event? This was not the case, even though, at the end of the day, the match we're going to talk about, which is JBL versus Eddie Guerrero in a uh, shit. Texas bull rope yeah. match. Oh, thank you. So, if I remember correctly... The reason why Eddie dropped this title is because he couldn't do it. He didn't feel as if he was a proper world heavyweight champion, and he couldn't take the added stress of holding that belt and you know being a role, not only a role model, but doing it in every day. And he was afraid he was going to end up going back to substance abuse because at this point he was clean. This was, uh, I think, about within a year of him actually passing, and so. Like I said, he purposely gave up the title. And even though it seems like that, I, when you know this watching it back, that finish, you're like, you can kind of see why he, it could have been more fucky. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. It was fucky. But it didn't seem like, they didn't how, do I, how do I put this? It, how else do you book someone and put him over but not put him over, though? Because that's what it did is it made him look strong and it made everybody still be loving him. Well, I, and I understand that, but it didn't. How do I put this? It it didn't sell the way he didn't sell the way he needed to. Does I that didn't make, get that at all. Well, no, no, no. And I, I not I, once again. I should rephrase it. He didn't sell the way I felt it could have been sold if he was actually devastated. Like knowing what I know, I could kind of see it where it was like instead of like a oh my god, I just lost everything I worked for. It's I saw a relief in him. Does that make? I think that's exactly why I want. I didn't even know any of that shit you just said, so I didn't sense the relief in him at all. I just, uh, I don't know. I've, uh, I've been completely enamored by JBL the last week. Um, watching back some of these old JBL promos, getting to see what JBL is like, because we always tend to group him into like characters that produce storylines that you find cringeworthy, and he is the best at that. He, not only that, but he, there was certain points of his career where he was significantly better than most people around, not because he was the best worker, not because he looked the best. It's because all the way through, his character was so much more defined, and he was able to put on such a show because look at all the different generations he lived through up to that point. He's got to work with some of the best names in the business, 
So you're in a time where, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people who worked with the same people, but he went from being a guy who would is like a first or second match or maybe a mid-card match at best to being an undoubtable world champion. Do you think um, he should be on a top 10 of greatest heels list? Do you think some people would find him in there? I, I know would. that there's a lot of people that really are great heels, but I sometimes think that he gets glossed over for how much he is able to produce hatred for everything he does. At this point, he tries to even like rope the troops into it and like try to pull the troops in front of him. And it's just like he can't get away from people hating him. There's no way. He's so good at it. And it, I'm enamored by how good he is at it, like especially on a microphone, because I sent you that promo he cut the night before the pay-per-view. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Well, and dude, even on commentary, he is one of those people where he said a couple off-color things more than once. He was such a good heel fucking so commentator, good. though. So good. And honestly, remember last week we were talking about five-tool players? He's got it all. He, he You would make him a five-star. Absolutely. And last week I told you the look. When he rolls into the ring in that fucking limo with the fucking horns on the front, uh-huh. he's got the look. He's he, got the five-star matches. I can think of three off top of my head. You know what I mean? Like, he does his thing every aspect on a microphone great he's so good dude and i think that he improved over time and mm. became a five tool player because i don't think bradshaw oh, ba- is as good as jbl oh, you know bra- what i mean oh not by any means but I'll, let let me just say that, that his time in apa is brilliant you know what i mean don't get me wrong he was setting the groundwork for a hall of fame career dude um and fun fact about this with him winning the title he held it for almost 365 days. He was like a month and a half shy of that. Do you know who he ended up dropping the title to? Who? John Cena at WrestleMania 21. And that was John Cena's first world championship run. That's the run that started it all. And that's that match specifically, the one at WrestleMania Is that the I Quit 20. match? Uh, I don't think it's an I Quit match. Uh, no, it is not. It is just a singles match, and it's the co-main event. I think that they fight again later that year in like an I Quit match, and that's on my top ten favorite matches of all time. Uh, uh, I think I remember what match you're talking about. Where at the end, John Cena takes a fucking big metal, uh, metal. I don't know what you call it, like a column. Yeah. And picks up a metal column and is about to bash his face in, and he quits after before before he bashes yep. his face in. And that's, I was living through that and. That was some of the peaks of my wrestling like fandom when I was a little bit younger, dude. JBL was something else, or like I, I tell you, like I know that when you look back, you're like, man, I hate that motherfucker. Oh, but I hated him job. so much, <laughs> that's his so job. fucking much. And like you said, that's his job. That's his job. Uh, so explain to people what a Texas rope, bull rope match is. So the whole concept of this match is you are supposed to go or be able to incapacitate your competitor, your opponent and be able to touch all four corners in the ring. Now, if for whatever reason, uh, like both people can like do it consecutively, and that's what we saw play out in this match. But if I think there's a time limit, right? If there's I, also, if, if momentum stops and the referee feels like momentum has stopped, he can wipe everything out. Okay, yeah. But so, there's also, I think it was like a 20 or 30 second time yeah. frame between. And also they're tied together by the wrist. Exactly. So, well, that's 
obviously the bullpen. Yeah, but there. we didn't. didn't uh, we we were talking about the corners. The the tied together by the wrist is the most important part of this because all the spots come from the wrist. Well, and that's why these matches are so fucking cool. And I prefer this variation to the traditional, well, not necessarily traditional, but the strap match. And I honestly, this is another one of those gimmick matches that I really think should be brought back. How do you work it into a character, though, is the question. Unless you give it to, like, Hangman Page. Yeah, that's the only person I was thinking. But let's give it to him, then. Him and Kenny, let's go. Ooh, that was (laughs) that. Ooh, boy. I'm just saying, they're... Especially watching like these 2000 era pay per views from WWE and even some like pre, like right in 2000 WCW, there's a lot of gimmick matches that we don't see at all Mm -hmm. anymore. Whereas we're constantly getting the same, like maybe 10. And it's like, how did we lose all those? Like, did you guys lose the rights or something? Well, I mean, to be honest, though, it wouldn't be too surprising for AEW to pull this one out of the books. They've already done the dog color match, which is very underused. Uh, And it's in the same vein. I'm actually pretty sure Dustin uh, did a Texas Bull Rope match. Hold on one second. I don't want to... Uh, come off sounding like an ass, so give me one second. But I'm... I can fill. Um, so these two guys yeah. together. Yep, yep, yep. It was it was a recently. That's what I saw. Uh, uh, hmm. When was it? Okay, yeah, it was uh him and what's his face Nick, uh, Camarado or whatever I think his name is Camarado. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't. If you botched the saying, it's your fault, not mine. I'm not taking any blame. Oh no, it's definitely your fault. It's 100 percent your fault because you brought us down this lane. Yeah, it's it's Camarado or something like that. I don't know. Who cares? But it definitely did not look as cool as the other one. Yeah, you're right, and I think that this one was set up to be perfect. I mean, you got two guys that both come in in cars. They paid enough money where two guys can drive into the arena in different cars. I miss Eddie's lowriders so much. <laughs> yeah, they were special. That whole everything about that man and his presentation was special. I like this match more than anything else because it feels like a sporting event. It doesn't feel like a wrestling match as much as it feels like these guys are really competing. You know what I mean? Like, and that's something that's lost in now wrestling is like the the competition. Like these two guys are competing. Well, and that's the phrase "big fight feel," and it, you don't get it that much anymore. You know what I mean? Like, when was the last time you've watched a wrestling match? And you felt the like, felt what you felt going into. Well, this. I think that also has to do with how many false finishes we see now, which is like a routine thing where there's thirty or forty roll ups and false finishes. And in this one, there isn't any finishes like that because it's not how the match works. And once again, that's uh, when we don't go back to our aces and use the gimmick matches that have worked tried and true for years and years. What are we even doing? The reason why wrestling has been able to be so successful is because there was so much variety. There was different ways to end feuds. And uh, I was listening to an interview for Billy Corgan the other day. And I tell you what, I know a lot of people don't watch Power, especially because it's difficult to watch. I know it used to be free on YouTube, but now you actually have to have a subscription for it, which I understand. They're asking you to pay five bucks. That's not bad at all. You get like three episodes at least a week and a bunch of other different things. So, you know, to me, that's worth it. And I'm subscribing, you know, I because I from what I'm listening about their vision and the product I'm seeing, they have the right idea. And they're I wouldn't be surprised if you'd see NWA normalizing match types like this again. You know, all of those traditional styles that we don't see anymore. Maybe actually get another war, or war games match other than the NXT 
variant and the AEW variant, which they uh, the AEW variant of the War Games match was enjoyable. I, I enjoyed the NXT one too. So. I so I enjoyed the NXT one too. Don't forget agree. the trash can spot. But when how, it happened, we were real happy about it. We were. I know the AEW one really blew it out of the water, but like it wasn't even close. How? But they're different brands and they're different products. One's not made for teenagers and above. You got to remember, it's a kids show. So these war NXT games. NXT is not a kids show. It's still on the WWE product. But I still feel like they're pushing a PG narrative. You don't see blood on there. You do. Do you? Because I don't. I do. Very rarely. Well. I don't know. I, I must have been watching NXT for a much longer time. Well, maybe you have, but in the last year or so, I haven't seen any blood. It's because they know when to use it and when not. And see, that's the thing is sometimes, like, like for people, like, I was listening to a Ric Flair story the other day where, um, who was it who was wrestling him? It was someone who's, like, not necessarily super old or anything, but they, uh, they were... Lucky to get Ric Flair when they did, if that makes sense. Oh, it was Steve. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was listening to, uh, with all the talk with Busted Open lately, I've just been popping in, whether it's good or negative, you know what I mean? And he was telling a story, like, he was so excited to wrestle Ric Flair and wrestling him. Like, he has all his blades taped to his fingers and shit like that. So, like, you're fit or wrestling him, you're getting nicked here and there because of Rick having his fucking blades. Yeah. Because he knew that's what worked for him, especially in his older years, like, if he wanted to really get over it, he had to bleed. And I get it. I get the psychology behind it. And Who's I, that guy now? Cody Rhodes? What do you mean? It feels like they have to bleed all the time. <laughs> it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, but yeah, dude. Also, I, can I give a little respect to Cody Rhodes? I saw someone, uh, I don't know who it was, uh, posted a picture on Twitter of like after AW last night, and Cody Rhodes is out there taking pictures with fans. This man just had a kid. He looks wore the fuck out. Yep. He just wrestled, didn't get any sleep. He is a newborn, and this motherfucker is out there signing and taking well, pictures. Let's let's wind it back a little bit. I don't think he's not getting any sleep. I'm sure they Give, have like a right. living nanny. Give the man some respect. I am. His eyes literally looked like he hadn't slept in a week. But we both have kids. I remember what it was like when William was less than a year old. Shout to him turning two on Wednesday, by the way. Uh, last Wednesday or this Wednesday this week, July 3rd. Usually with newborns too, you don't leave them with a nanny because it, you're trying to adapt like a maternal paternal instinct where they learn to lean into like a mother or a father. So most of the time when people, even like celebrities, will most of the time take in a live-in nanny when they get to be like one or two. The newborn shit is, is specifically usually for Taylor, do we have nanny money? No, we don't have nanny money, so, but I can tell you I've done a little bit of research on celebrities. I am a celebrity guy. I read people every week. All right, well, let's get back to the NWA thought real quick so we can get back to uh, where we're going with this. So I really think NWA has the right vision in which they're trying to do more traditional style wrestling because at the end of the day, wrestling has always appealed to a mainstream audience when properly handled. And I can really respect that. And this match is a perfect example of it because this without question, was the show stealer, the barn burner. Is there a spot in this particularly that um, you found really, really great? Because there's one for me. I like when he's like choking him with the bull rope, and uh, he's like between the ropes, and he's got the bull rope, and he's just bleeding all over the fucking place, and you see Eddie with that smirk like, I got this in the Mine's mat. another similar one. He's standing on the corner, and he hops the corner of the ring and keeps pulling him into the bar. 
with the rope. He keeps making his face go right into the corner. Well, and this is one of those gimmicks that can be actually used. It's not like, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure if we start seeing 132 Texas bull rope matches, we'll get burnt out of it too. And that also leans into why this was so special. It fits perfectly for JBL, though. There's no more perfect match. And he is incredible. He's great at bleeding, too. He's a good bleeder. Oh, yeah. He it, he had the sell job. There's nobody that wants you want to see bleed more than JBL. All right. So run us through the finish real quick, and then we will move on to the main event. What was the finish? Uh, so they were both going from corner to corner. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got it. Okay. So... Uh, through the whole match, you usually only see one of them touch corners. Like, one of them is, is incontestipated, incontest, whatever the word is. Incapacitated. Yeah, so whenever you see that, you're like, okay, it's going to be one of those. You don't even honestly realize that they both can touch a corner until the end of the match because they all, both are touching every corner. So they both have three corners lit up, and they just have to reach the last one. So Eddie pulls JBL towards him and lunges at the corner and slaps the corner and wins. That being said... He did not win because your GM, Kurt Angle, comes back out and lets everybody know that Bradshaw's back hit the turnbuckle before Eddie hit it. So Bradshaw is decided to be the victor by instant replay. So just like every sport nowadays, everything is turning to instant replay, and that's how you get your finish. Everybody is devastated because nobody likes JBL, and JBL wins and holds it for apparently almost a year. I will just say, though, with how quick Kurt fucking came out, you know, they, he was just sitting in Gorilla like, they're like, all right, Kurt, it's your cue. Like, and he rolls out on a- <laughs> I wish they would have let it breathe for just a second or two more. That was my only complaint because it really felt like they were waiting for to shit on Eddie's day. You think this is a five-star match? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right, so we can notch. The- I mean, Eddie's got a bunch, but you can notch this one into JBL's belt then. All right, congratulations. You have one five-star match, JBL. Two. <laughs> main event time so we have the undertaker in a handicap match against the brothers of tably love is that what they're called that's what i'm calling them tonight <laughs> okay cool <laughs> i have uh, done a little bit of a every time i watch a match i just go watch whatever comes up around it on youtube as well just for fun uh-huh. and in looking in preparation for this match i found rikishi and scotty too hottie dancing with the dudleys and they switch glasses it's so funny. I've, I've seen that, too. It was gold, dude. <laughs> Solid gold. Never let a big man dance. Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Are you fat shaming them? No, but dude, Bubba's footwork is so trash. <laughs> I couldn't be more ashamed of you that right being now, said, Taylor. Rikishi, is, Rikishi has a beautiful foot. His dancing, He's a dancing man. Do you have a fetish or something? I don't know, man. I would, uh, if every day... My TV popped on to wake me up, and it was just Rikishi dancing. I'd be cool with it as an alarm. I really thought you were going to say it was just Rikishi's foot. I'd be okay with it. <laughs> I was trying to say his footwork, but it, now it just feels like I have a, a foot fetish or like I'm looking up on OnlyFeets.com. So since you're saying foot, which is just like a singular phrasing of it, which is the foot that you like? Is it I like the right, right foot one. Or, it's okay. the right one. It's his lead foot. You ain't got no love for the lefties, man. Yeah, that's also the right butt cheek, now too. Now everyone who's left-footed will never listen to the podcast because of you. Oh, it's all right, man. They're not Rikishi fans if they're left-footed. Oh, you make a very compelling argument on that. So this match is very weird because, obviously, like we said earlier, Paul Heyman has kidnapped Percy Pringle, a.k.a. Uh, Paul Bear. Um, Paul Bear is... Paul uh, you, I say things fast. I'm a Hoosier. I go real fast like an auctioneer. I still just want to call him Percy Pringle. 
That's cool. So Percy's in a a, a glass case of emotion. And uh, <laughs> what a great Anchorman reference. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so they're pouring wet cement into the glass case. So he's gonna be uh, killed by cement unless Undertaker decides to band with the Dudley Boys and join. Paul Heyman and the Dudleys. What a crazy group that would have been if he decided to join. That would be sick as hell. Here's my thought process going into this match. Percy Pringle was very well known at this point to have severe weight issues. Not making fun of him, not tearing the man down, but that's actually, if I remember correctly, that's why he's being written off at this point. Because at this point, he's just too large. He can't really do much anymore. And it's just like, Hey, it's time, you know, we respect you and we want to put you out the right way. You know what I mean? To put him on the greener pastures. So imagine going up to him and going, hey, man, you already have weight complications. You know, I've been overweight. I'm on a fitness journey now. But I remember, especially at my heaviest, I would deal with like sleeping issues with waiting, sleep apnea, you know, runs in my family. So they're going to tell this man who may or may not be great at breathing or not so great at breathing, we're going to drown you how do they how do they do this i want to know the magic for this i'm sure it's not a hard sell because of how much wild shit he's already done in his career i'm sure they like look percy he's like yes so you know what i think they might have done i think they might have like done like a pepper's ghost or an optical illusion to where he was never actually touching the cement at all but it was like filling up around him in the container I think that's probably the only way they can do it because they might have actually killed Percy Pringle. Or if it's just, I bet it's just wet, gray water. But how's he breathing under it? He's sitting completely submerged for at least a good two to three fucking minutes. Is he? Because what I saw was at the very end, they shut the lights off when they filled it up. That's the end. There was no, his head was never under until the very end when when Undertaker finished it. And that's a spoiler alert. I'm sorry. We'll talk about it more. But even that. as the minute goes above his nostrils, he's then not getting any airflow whatsoever. So we should probably just give Paul Heyman a call and ask him how this worked then. Uh, so Paul E. Dangerously, um, I don't know where you're freaking right now. I know that didn't make sense. Freaking. But I need you to hop on the phone like you did on the John Arezzi podcast back in the day. Please don't bully me like you used to bully little kids. Maybe we should just call Bubba. He seems more like he would answer. Maybe Bubba. But he's dealing with a lot right now. The internet hates him. Do they? Maybe we should call John Arezzi. Does the internet hate Bubba right now? Yeah, because of the Eddie Kingston stuff. Is that making the internet hate him? Yeah, because... He used to do the exact same thing that he was telling Eddie Kingston to stay in his lane. <laughs> so you're saying he's a shill of his company that he worked for? Something like that, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a corporate shill? Let, let's break that down real quick because, you know, at least he's in the fucking match. I, I'll i listen to Busted Open from time to time, you know, when I run through my podcast, especially with Pat McAfee being I enjoy him. on vacation this week. He's doing his job. Again, oh, his, yeah. his job is to make headlines, just oh. like it was when he was a, a heel. His job is to get a reaction. Oh, and people. I mean, he got plenty of attention on Busted Open this week. Uh, the reason why I won't listen to it from time to time is because uh, Dave Logano, I think is his yeah. name. Uh, I could have butchered that, and I'm sorry. I definitely know the name, and I'm familiar with him, but I kind of resent him because it's, I didn't know any better. It's Vince Russo. He sounds exactly to a T like Vince Russo. But he doesn't annoy me like Vince Russo. So shout-outs to you, 
That's why I still listen to the news podcasts. News podcasts. I love um, that Futurama guy. So I just so I when I was back in the day, I did a lot of uh, watching of NBA uh, Inside NBA, which is the halftime show. It's got yeah. Shaq and Charles and all them. Uh-huh. Um, I was doing a little bit of uh, behind the scenes watching because that's what I do when I'm bored. And uh, Shaq is basically saying like, look. I'm not here to give basketball takes. Like everybody thinks that you're supposed to go on here at halftime and be like, here's what I'm going to tell you about basketball and give a take. He said, my job is to go viral every night. What I think of is how can I go viral tonight? And And that's what Bubba Ray does every day. When he goes on the air, he says, now here, let me think, how can I piss people off or say something that's going to get me some attention tonight? And the best way to do that." is to watch that Eddie Kingston promo and then be like, look here, dick. Why don't you shut up and stay in your lane? Let's give him a little inside peek. So we were having a, uh, you know, a boy-on-boy conversation about the podcast. I told you the other day, man, any publicity is good publicity because at the end of the day, someone may not agree with you, but it might end up in the hands of someone who does, and there you go. You know? And uh, bad publicity still produces ratings. Exactly. So that's what basically what I think the angle is. And like you can hate him if you want to hang it, hate him and stop listening to him if you want. But it's not going to stop his grind any. He's still going to be on the radio next week on Busted Open saying the next thing that's controversial about AEW. And that's just how it works. If you don't like it, don't listen to him. If you don't like Cornette, don't listen to him. That's the way it works. Those guys are never going to shut up, though, and go away. You're so busting on there right now. But I'm also getting the same text messages. So let's go ahead and hint something real quick. Well, not hint. Let's just blatantly tell you guys uh, so we don't have to do it in the outro. Do you want to do it after the match? Do you want to finish this match first? Because we're right in the middle of this shit. Oh, well, maybe you should have fucking put your phone on vibrate then. I put it under the table so we, maybe somebody wouldn't hear it the next 30 times it rings. But I'm a popular guy. What can you do? Uh, this is a typical Dudley Boys match, aside from the fact that it's got The Undertaker in it. So if you know what the Dudleys do then you've seen every Dudley's match because they kind of do the same thing in every match. You've also seen all of Undertaker's tricks too. You know what I mean? You know the okey-doke move off the top rope, the old school. You know them all. You know the choke slam. You know everything he does. He basically just does his greatest hits. Correct, Will? No, exactly. So it's it's not really too crazy of a match. I mean, aside from the fact that Percy Pringle is in the glass case of emotion saying, Help me! Undertaker, save me. So Paul is over there with a lever, basically pouring concrete on top of Undertaker's head. Undertaker's head. Percy Pringle's head and filling this up every time he feels like Undertaker isn't listening to him. So at one point, he's about to pull the lever, and the Dudley boys are like, look, we can handle Undertaker without this. So why don't you just wait till the end of the match, and we're going to beat him, and then you won't have to do any of this bullshit. So that doesn't work out because Undertaker pretty much whips the shit out of them by himself two on one and afterwards paul says all right look here i'm about to pull this lever your man's about to die so he starts to pull the lever and boom the lights go out i wait the lights go undertaker out. comes back over there's like a lightning bolt and undertaker oh, okay. appears closer to him than he was before so he basically like essentially you think okay he saved him it's over you know what i mean he got paul Heyman scared to death and run in everybody saved and then what does he say, Will? What's the line that The Undertaker says at the end of this pay-per-view? Rest in peace. And then he pulls the lever. The pay-per-view's over. Percy Pringle dies. So I, I want to say I love, once again, 
the fact that you did not put your phone on vibrate, neither here nor there, though. I love, though, that this whole match, he's selling the fact that he doesn't want to kill Percy Pringle and then uses his dark fucking magic to take Paul Heyman out just to kill Percy Pringle himself. Well, it's a surprise. You know, you got a surprise, and that's what happens. I love a surprise ending. I love a surprise on Christmas, and I love a surprise in general. So and I love you putting your phone on vibrate. I just keep ignoring it. I don't even know that it's doing it. I'm just ready to talk about wrestling, and those other people can go fuck themselves. Okay. Okay. That's what I do. That's how I do it, boy. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about this then, because that's driving me crazy, and I know exactly what it is. So we are doing something really... God damn it, Taylor. I tried to throw my phones out of the room, and I just made it worse. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, we, we love you guys, and we love selling merch. So we're going to encourage you to do just that. We have a little raffle going on for you guys. Oh, my God, Taylor, your phones. Just fucking yeet them. I'm going to take them outside and bury them in a hole. Please do so. <laughs> All right, guys, through July, and if you get it in real soon, the first couple days, we actually have a 20% discount going on on the Pro Wrestling Tees store. But for every shirt you guys buy on Pro Wrestling Tees, send us a screenshot. I will also get your order form, so I can count it that way. But we'd love to see you guys posting about it because we want you talking about it. But for every shirt you purchase, you'll get entered into a raffle, and we are going to raffle off a whole mess of cool fucking things. It's, so we have uh, a couple different AEW figures, a couple of or, uh, a couple WWE figures. We have the sick-ass Dan Housen socks that were in the pro wrestling crate last month and a couple other things. So keep an eye out for the post on the interwebs. And uh, please buy some of our shirts, right, Taylor? That's right. You have one of those shirts, and you like it. I do. It's really dope. I got the tank. Um, I think that uh, Kevin's got the, the what do you call that, uh, the air, I can't say what it is, the crosshairs? The, well, he has all of them. A target. Yeah. I couldn't think of the word. It just was dead to me, that word, just gone. You're just like, forget that word. Yeah. Never need it again. Yeah, it's, it's all right, though. I don't know. I really like the shirts. I think you should buy one. I especially think you should buy one if you want some of them AEW figures, because they're not easy to get, and we're going to pass them out. Exactly, and you know those are worth some money, so let us swag you out. Do people still say swag? They do now. Fuck it, I guess. I mean, technically... How about out the band? We're going to give them some swag. I mean, I guess. Swag them out. We're going to turn their swag, swag them on. out. Why don't you swag them out some more and tell them our Twitter names? That's your job. <laughs> okay. Taylor Hassler won. Uh, God Fieri. Uh, Redbeard Pirate won. We've got Jobin Rogue. We've got Tots Pod. We've got Year of Pod. We've got Duke underscore Bags. And we have this giveaway, so please go on Pro did you Wrestling Tees. The actual account Jaded Rasslin. I did, but they already know that if they found us, it's all right. Jaded Rasslin, we we want to give this shit to you. So quit fucking around. Go buy that shirt. Go buy all those shirts. And tell a friend. Tell a friend's friend. And honestly, if you're not a robot, please subscribe or leave a review or both. We're doing the YouTube stuff. I'm gonna be transparent. I was on a roll with it. We're going to have every like current episode released before the end of the weekend. And ideally, what we're going to do moving forward is, so example, before you were jaded comes out on Friday, as you know, because you're listening to this on Friday, because you love to listen to it the day it comes out. If for whatever reason you want to watch the YouTube version of it, which uh, in the next week or so, we will actually be providing video footage for these recording sessions on YouTube exclusively, you will be able to watch it the following day on Saturday. Or for example... Year of and or Tots comes out on Monday, you'll be able to catch it on Tuesday. 
I'm just having some issues. I don't know if I've like upgraded my internet or whatnot, but when I tried to upload the episode of Tots that came out the other day, my computer told me it was going to take 22 hours to upload. And I said, fuck it. Let's see if it's bluffing or not. Left my computer on all night just in case. Horrible of me to do that, and I hated every second of it because we all know you're not supposed to leave your computer on all night. You're not? And the sharing failed, so I'm just trying to troubleshoot what my issues are. I don't know if like I just need to upgrade the, pro- uh, upgrade the program I'm using or whatnot, but we should be back on track, and uh, coming soon we will be releasing those the next day every week. So we are present on YouTube now, though. We do have a custom URL, uh, so you can find us at youtube.com. Slash slash Jaded Wrestling. No. YouTube.com slash C slash Jaded Wrestling. Slash C? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a part of their URL. So I've been telling everybody wrong for weeks then. Fuck. Well, good going. Now they're not going to listen to the podcast. (laughs) So here's the thing, guys. We really love you, and we appreciate you listening again, and we will see you next Friday, next Wednesday. Yeah, come on, man. We, We come back to them sooner than that. Hell yeah. And happy 4th of July.